Get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott. Been twirling our fingers the whole break. Let's get out to the Sprint special guest line. Get $100 off the redesigned Apple Watch 4 with a new line of service. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Joining us now, you can hear him from 6 to 10 each and every morning here on the Zone Sports Network. He is our good friend, Patrick Kinahan. What's up, PK? How much, guys? How are you? We are terrific. How are you doing? Are we interrupting your round? Uh, I will say I'm outside right now. We'll just leave it at that. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, now, like, a bird told me that you shot one over the other day. Is that true? Uh, yeah, we went up to, uh, what's that, the Mountain Dell. Had a couple holes that on the back nine that they're renovating, and they were a little short. So, somewhat bogus, but I'll take it. Yeah, I thought uh, you take that anytime you can get it. Canyon or Lake? The lake, as I'm saying, the lake has been under construction, the back nine, but it's open now, but they've got a couple holes. I think they're like 10, uh, it's like 12 and 13 or something like that. And so the tees are moved up because they've, there's some, uh, somebody explained when we were on remote back in the spring that uh, they were doing some work with uh, water or whatnot there, but, but the whole lake course is open and now that I've given them an advertisement, I expect a free round. Now, PK, I know that you, uh, you know, it's not like you're some sort of tournament golfer, but you are way better than average, and you have advanced your game in a major way. Uh, maybe you should start a, a new segment on your show about uh, PK's tip of the day or something. Uh, and if you were going to give our listeners a tip, what would you what would you say? Oh, I'd say like pickleball is a little less frustrating. Maybe tennis, <laughs> handball. You're right. Pickleball is kind of uh, it is a fun. fun. Yeah, yeah, it is fun. Uh, PK, we want yeah. to talk to you about a bunch of stuff, but really enjoyed your column. It's up right now, twelve eighty thezone dot com. I also tweeted out a link if uh, if folks want to find it. But uh, tell us a little bit about your column, talking about the Jazz. Well, when you look at the Jazz, have had a great off season, but. I don't know if it's unfortunately in terms of a competitive balance for people who like basketball. Maybe it's fortunately, but if you're strictly a Jazz fan, uh, you could argue that the Clippers and Lakers had better off seasons, you know, because stars win in this league. And obviously the Clippers and the Lakers got more high-profile, better stars. Now you have to hope for the Jazz's sake that Donovan Mitchell really ups his game. So the Jazz are going to be better, there's no doubt. But given the fact that the Western Conference of the eight playoff teams, the only one that you could argue that's regressed for sure right now is the Thunder. So it might be more difficult to get 50 wins. It might be more difficult to get to the second round than it was this past season. We'll have to see how it plays out because, you know, you took a bunch of MVPs and moved them to the West. (laughs) Finals MVPs, Paul George, uh, third in the MVP ballots, and so this conference, which has always been difficult for years now, in my mind, has got even more difficult. The Jazz kept pace. Does that mean they got they've gotten ahead, even though they're much better compared to where they were at this time last year? 
I think they made advancement even against the current. Uh, but you're, you bring up a great point that it's not, you know, it's not smooth sailing. It's going to be tough. No. When you look at LeBron James, the last year was a wasted year, obviously, and that actually might benefit him because he didn't have to play an extra two months and he's getting old to be 35 in December. I don't think the tank is run out for sure, uh, and having him actually rest could benefit them. But every time he's had a big-time player beside him since he went to Miami, he's gone to the finals every time, literally every time. And now, obviously, Anthony Davis is a big-time player. I'm not necessarily predicting that they're going to go to the finals, but his track record is such that you have to look at it. And to me, I'm not taking him for granted that, oh, he's 35. So his, his best days are behind him for sure. But I still think that he's got a lot of good ball in him, and it could very, be, very well be this year. I don't necessarily know how it's going to play out. I don't know how health is going to be. Davis hasn't been extremely durable. And when you're 35, if you get an injury, it takes a little longer to re- rehab it and return. But you can make an argument that the Lakers are in a better spot, given LeBron's history, when he's had a co-partner, so to speak. PK with us, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Check out his latest column up at uh, 1280thezone.com. And PK, you talked about this a little bit in the column, but how much does the the organization, how much credit do they deserve or how impressive is it in your mind that they could lose a player like Gordon Hayward with zero compensation, not even a, a trade exception coming back, and do a basically put themselves in this position in such a short amount of time? Yeah, if you look at it that way, certainly two years ago at this time, it was doom and gloom around the franchise. And we were doing sports radio thinking, oh, my gosh, what are we in for? We had a taste of playoffs after so long. Is it just going to be a one and done as far as the playoffs? Well, they struck gold with Donovan Mitchell, right? He was the dream come true. And and then Rubio, he can't shoot. We get that. But he can run an offense, and he'll be a nice fit down there in Phoenix because they haven't had anybody for years. And so then... Dennis Lindsay and his guys rebounded very, very quickly. And then, so then they have nice success that first year and then win a playoff series. And then this past season, they bring everybody back, right? It was the right thing to do because contracts were expiring. And it's an ongoing thing for these guys, Zanuck now. Do you like my thing calling him Jay-Z, giving the Jazz more credit? Come play for Jay-Z. That's my, my whole take now, Justin Zanuck. And maybe you can fool some players thinking they're going to come from, you know, the Jay-Z. Well, he's a different Jay-Z, but I like it anyway, even if you guys don't. And so they're looking forward knowing that this year there's an opportunity to get players. It's not by accident that they just roll into Bogdanovich. I'm sure this was something that was planned for a couple of years. Just like the Clippers. Think about what the Clippers did. They traded Griffin and Chris Paul with an eye towards now, and two years later it comes to pass. So the Jazz plan is working, and they were able to act bold and decisively right when it started, and actually even before with the trade of Conley, and that once they got Conley, then they're in the market for a guy like Bogdanovich who's got no problem coming from Indiana to Salt Lake because he knows he's going to play for a competitive team, and he knows he's going to play for a good coach and a structured organization that isn't going to be running into itself the way some of these organizations do by firing coaches left and right and presidents and whatnot. So yeah, the team management for the plan that they have is you could, they deserve a lot of credit. Now it's up to Coach Snyder and his guys and the players to go execute it on the floor and win some games and have some playoff success. So, PK, what will it take for the Jazz to knock off the Clippers or the Lakers? What, what, what has to happen? In my mind, as I evaluate it, 
they brought in a bunch of veteran guys, right? They signed multiple guys over 30, right? So it's not about the NBA. Zanuck talks about this in one of the interviews that I heard him do, where the NBA, the, the long-term planning in terms of your roster in the in immediate, it really doesn't exist anymore. You can have two years out, but you're not having four and five and six years out. So they go and they get these veteran guys, right? And I think Conley, I see no reason why Conley is not great this season, then do whatever he's done and maybe even do it at a higher level, right? Gobert's going to give you what he gives you. Ingles, I think, can have a really good season. He's getting a little older now, but he slides back in the pecking order. He doesn't need to be your second or third best player, so he can be slotted at the fourth, and I think it's important that each player, according to his ability, is slotted appropriately and not getting ahead of themselves. And so you've got those guys, and then you've got a guy like a Jeff Green, right? This guy's a veteran guy. So these guys are going to give you what they give you. And in my mind, in order to have playoff success, and I mean, to an extent I hate to put it all on his shoulders again because he's carried an incredible load, but Donovan Mitchell is the guy who can take the quantum leap going into his third season being only 22 years of age. So I think for him, have him do a lot better and he can be the difference maker because I'm counting on everybody else doing what they've been able to do for several years now. PK, Gordon and I were talking about this uh, quite a bit on on Monday. What do you think about the shift in the way that things are done in the NBA, the players having uh, so much more control now, whether it's requesting trades or putting teams together? You know, it's such a such a dynamic shift from the way things were, say, 15, 20 years Contracts ago. Contracts don't matter anymore, PK. No, they don't. And, you know, it depends on which end you're on. <laughs> if you're on the end of those guys going to your team, you love it. If you're not, you don't. You know what I mean? So it really just depends on what your perspective is. And we'll have to see. Because if it becomes a pattern where a bunch of guys are getting out of it, and it becomes like college coaching. And we've all viewed that college coaching is a joke in that guys sign deals, 10-year deals, and Steve Alford, two weeks later, they're out the door. It just seems slimy. And so if you have a rash of that, then it's going to seem slimy too. So right now, you know, we're monitoring it, and we'll have to see what happens. So PK, uh, tell us your opinion. What do you think? Where do you think the where do you think the uh, the uh, the Jazz will finish this year? Do you think? Uh, I mean, would you pick them to win their division, their conference? Yeah. Uh, yes. Well, definitely the division. The conference remains to be seen. I think they're in the hunt. I think they've got. Uh, an opportunity to finish second or third, and depending because you, know, you, you gotta see what the Clippers do, man. They're, they got two new guys at the top. How are they gonna mesh? And obviously the Lakers and the Jazz are right there too. They've got to mesh two, probably two new starters. So there's a lot of question marks, but there's no reason why they're not in the mix. And then we'll see what happens when we get to April. PK is with us, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. PK, I want to switch gears and uh, and ask you a college football question. Gordon and I were going over some of the Vegas odds that are out there for uh, for the Pac-12 and, and had a chat about it. And I know your feelings on where you believe the Utes will finish and, and will win the South. Uh, but usually we see a team in, in the divisions that we're not necessarily expecting to be uh, to be as good, that, that kind of comes out of nowhere and, and contends. Who, outside of Utah in the South Division, who is that team you think in your mind that maybe we're underestimating well wind's kicking up hoping it's not too bad for you guys right now but uh i would go sc um uh, how long are they going to be down you know and it's crazy what's this who's a surprise team and i say sc it's like i mean gordon and i know having lived down there sc is a surprise team what are you talking about you talking about basketball uh something else 
But, you know, the talent is there. And if they can find a way to harness it, and JT Daniels has an extra year of experience, when you're starting a freshman quarterback or a quarterback who's starting for the first time, I just don't expect much. You know, the Utes are sky high in their predictions. Well, two years ago, uh, Tyler Huntley's starting for the first time, and I'm thinking, wait a second here, man. He hasn't really played. How could you expect much? And sure enough, they go 7-6, and six, and plus he was injured, I know. And now they so I'm anticipating that they are going to be a little bit better. Or Helton's going to be fired for Halloween. So, PK, uh, if you were going to uh, bet a major amount of money on it, and I know you're not a gambler, but if you were going to... Not at all. Would you bet that the Utes will win the South, or would you take the field? And would you bet that the Utes will win the conference, or would you take the field? Well, I'm not going to bet that they're going to win the contract because there's too much variables. I don't know who they're going to play. It's like trying to predict that you're going to win your bowl game. You have no idea who they're going to play, right? Uh, the conference, in my mind, I mean, excuse me, the division, right now, I think they're the obvious overwhelming choice. They deserve to be picked first. They've got the most coming back off a division winner. Will they carry it out? Well, I'm expecting them to, and the reality is anything but is a disappointment this year. And those are heavy burdens, but those are the burdens you want. You want to be saddled with high expectations. You don't want low expectations and hope to surprise. You want big-time ex- expectations and hope to meet them. So, yes, I'm expecting them to win the South this year. So, PK, let me read you something that someone on Twitter sent out, and I want to get your reaction to it, and it'll probably be comedic in some way or another. But uh, the Twitter uh, dude says... Uh, this afternoon, Gordon Monson stated, quote, and he quotes me, BYU and Utah State fans might think we talk about Utah too much. It's because they've earned it. And then, end quote, and then he says, when will the Salt Lake Tribune 1280 and Gordon admit he has gone from being a reporter to being a Ute fan? Let's be intellectually honest. Well, whatever. I mean, the idea is that they're listening and reading. I don't really care what their opinions are <laughs> as long as they're doing that. But for now, the Utes have earned it. The Cougars, uh, they have an opportunity to earn it. It's like Utah State. We don't talk a lot of Utah State football, but if Utah State demands that we talk about Utah State football in the case of basketball this last winter, then we'll talk it. You demand us to talk about it, and we will. It's not up to us. It's up to them. PK, you're the best man. Thank you as always, and we'll be listening tomorrow morning. Hit him straight and pure. Right, Patrick right. Kinahan, catch him uh, every single morning with David James here on the Zone Sports Network from six to ten. Yeah, you uh, agree with him on that USC thing? Uh, the the team in the South that would be the biggest threat to you? I know. I know you're down on SC because you don't like the way they're going to go about their offensive attack, and whatnot. But uh, I, I think the Trojans are always dangerous. Because of the level of of uh, athlete they have there, yeah, I, I I'm trying to think what my answer to that would be, and that's why I asked PK because I I think who you, who else would you even go? Would with you even consider? Thinking? I mean, that's that's a good question. I mean, I like what what Chip Kelly is doing at UCLA because he's really breaking it down and rebuilding. But I don't know if they're quite yet, there yet, right? I yeah. think they'll probably be improved from last year, but they were terrible last year. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't know if I would put them there. Um, 
maybe Arizona with Khalil Tate. Maybe they figure out how to use him properly this year. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say PK Sun Devils just because they're they're turning over their best players mm-hmm. and specifically a, a quarterback. Although Herm, by all accounts, has, has recruited well, so maybe maybe it's them. I do, I do not think it's Colorado. What, one of the cool things about college football is that sometimes you see talents emerge as the season progresses. Yep, uh, and these are all young kids. We get that, but uh, that, that's that's the unfamiliar, the, the the sort of the mystery to it. Sometimes there's a guy in there who is ready to explode, and somebody you weren't expecting. So, yeah, I would I would agree with him on SC. I think I would have to too. See, you JT Daniels say, coming back. I mean, they, yeah, they always have talent. But you always say you think that their athletes are good enough that they can just line up and play smash mouth football, or, or as opposed to resorting to trickeration or all that stuff. Well, if SC has terrific athletes at the wideout position, and they have one of the top quarterback recruits, this kid, he had a kind of an up and down year last year, but he's certainly highly thought of talent wise. So why not take advantage of that and throw the ball if you know throw the ball down folks' throats? Well, you can still throw the ball. You don't have to have an air raid scheme to to pass the football. Well, are they gonna, That's not a requirement. Uh, do you think they're going to do that? Uh, all I know is Stanford uh, had Andrew Luck, and they still ran a pro style, and he still threw plenty. I, I'm saying, why doesn't Nick Saban run the air raid offense, Gordon? Because he doesn't have to. Yeah, that's it's a good point. But I think SC can go ahead and wing it around the yard if if they got themselves. Why a, get cute when you don't need to? That's not really getting cute. It's totally well, getting I mean, cute. Maybe the air raid is cute. Why does it makes me wonder what Mike Leach would do if he were the head coach at SC? If he were smart. Holy cow. He'd just line it up and run over the other team because that's but, all you have to do. Well, he can throw it over everybody. You can still so line up those receivers out in one-on-one situations and, and let them beat their guy. Why do you have to do this this cute little timing passing garbage? Because it you don't works. need to. It, well, it doesn't work for everybody. Well, it or works everybody for him. would be doing it. But yeah, but he does it because he has to. How are you gonna win at Washington State? Well, you're gonna have to have to develop some cute little system so to you, even the playing are field. You say, are you saying then that Mike Leach, if he were let's say he were hired at USC, that he would completely change his offensive philosophy? I bet he'd change a lot. He's been he's been fine tuning this thing for years. But if uh, if he had Marcus Allen as his running back, he'd probably run the ball more. Well, what don't if, you think? Yeah, but what if he had a great quarterback and a great set of receivers? Go to it, fellas. Somehow Matt Leinart and roll, Reggie rack Bush. Up 10,000 passing yards this year. Somehow Matt Leinart and Reggie Bush were able to be really dynamic, great players on the same team. Strange how that works. I would it? almost love to see Mike Leach go to a place like SC. That would be fun. I don't think he will. I think these under-the-radar programs are exactly where he's meant to be. Oh. Texas Tech, you need a cute little system to, to keep up with Texas. Washington State, you need a cute system to get anybody to have any success up there. It, you know what? Oregon State should think outside of the box and start running the option or something because you got to figure out a way Oregon to e- even the playing field. And honestly, if you want to localize this conversation, and uh, sorry, Talent, I know we're up against it a little bit, but you, you've got to play to your strengths. Utah can recruit certain positions, and that's why you need to play into those positions. They have it figured out on defense with the defensive line and with the cornerbacks specifically. Utah, where they've been able to recruit those players, develop those players, and turn those players into dynamic players. 
on the offense, they can recruit running backs. So why would you do anything else? USC, you can recruit to the pro-style system and dominate teams. You don't have to get cute. Because the reason Utah would want to do that is because how many conference championships have they won? What's your point, really? They, they can get better. How many, uh, when, they can get better by completing the offensive attack if they have the right guys to do it. When was the last time they had an offensive system that was actually complementary to their personnel? I don't know because I'm not sure that the personnel has always been given the opportunity to fulfill its potential. Well, I know what Troy Taylor was trying to do at the beginning of last year wasn't really working. No, I will agree with that. All right, want to remind you about our friends at Action Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Uh, They are looking for skilled HVAC technicians, plumbers, and electricians to join the Action Superhero Team. Paid training, health, dental benefits, and a 401k match. Uh, Join the Action Plumbing Superhero Team by calling 801-833-3333. That's 801-833-3333. By the way, to answer the the, the tweeter... Uh, who you thinks you're a Ute fan? Uh, yeah. Uh, it, it, let me explain it to you this way. I am not a reporter. I am a columnist and a commentator. You're also not a Ute fan. You're a New Mexico fan. I'm, 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 I've, a reporter is not supposed to have an opinion. Correct. If you and I did not have opinions in what we did, we'd be in trouble, wouldn't we? We would be. Go Lobos! There's exactly. a difference between a columnist, a commentator, uh, a show host, and a reporter. That doesn't mean you can't have some reporting skills. But just wanted to explain the difference because every once in a while, certain folks don't understand completely the difference between the two. We'll have more coming up next. It is The Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Go. This is DJ and PK. Joined now by Steve Cleveland. So what do you think of the Jazz's additions? See, they got Bogdanovich and Conley, but I'm talking about Moutier and Jeff Green. I really like it. It gives them depth. If I were to rank the teams right now, I'd probably go with the Lakers, the Clippers, and the Jazz. It's my top three teams. I like the Jazz. I think that they're now equipped to beat Houston. And I don't think we need to forget Houston because that whole team's coming back and probably pretty motivated as well. But I like the Jazz at the three spot, Houston at the four, and Denver at the five. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10. Presented by WCF Insurance. Reminding you to be careful out there. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. May I have your attention, please? You're locked on to The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Forgive me if I act a little strange For I know not what I do Big Show, 97.5, 1280 The Zone, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott. I wanted to ask you a question real quick, Jake. It's not nothing that I want to spend a lot of time on or whatnot, but what did you think of Verlander, right, who said that the baseballs are juice these days? Yeah, he said it with uh, some expletives in there, too. What did you make of that? First of all, do you believe him? And the second of all, what do you think the motivation is, if that is in fact the case, uh, that owners want to see offense? 
Um, I, I'm a little torn on this because, I mean, in other sports we see equipment altered all the time, right? I mean, maybe the best example of that is golf where the technology has just gotten better and better and better. Um, and I think that, that Major League Baseball certainly would be capable of making alterations to, uh, to their baseballs that they use, so we probably shouldn't doubt that, uh, that they would do so. But, I mean, home runs have been on the climb pretty much steadily since baseball was invented. And guys are bigger, stronger, faster, and it doesn't seem like they've moved the walls out too much on those ballparks, right? Don't they, they define the various uh, eras, a dead ball era? Right. And now it's something different than that. I wonder how hard it is to get those balls to be completely consistent. Um, it's probably not that hard. I mean, they're all made probably in the same place, or at least, you know. There's not, uh, like, baseballs used in Cleveland probably aren't made right there in Cleveland. You know what I mean? uh, I mean, think about it for a second. Have you ever held an NFL football? I have. It's different than the college ball. Same with NBA and college basketballs. Yeah, sure. Um, But I wonder if some of the balls are different than others or whether the consistency can always be the same. Same thing with golf balls. I haven't thought a whole lot about that. But have you ever uh, found a certain brand of ball that you think travels farther or is more consistent in its play? I I wonder how close they are one to another, really, or whether that's all between the years. I think a lot of it is between the years, myself, yeah. I'm not too... I don't discriminate too much about which golf balls I use, but uh, well, apparently I think it's between Verlander's uh, ears, because he he thinks that they are uh, that they are juiced. Well, I think they try to make them as consistent as possible. NFL balls, uh, NBA, I think they try to make them as uniform as they could possibly be. Didn't they used to rub all the baseballs down with that mud from the Chesapeake somewhere? Or was it, where was it? I don't, where was it from? I don't know, but I, I'm sure they still rub down those baseballs. But, yeah, I, I would guess that you know the, the ball companies, what is it, Rawlings or whatever, I bet they alter certain parts of their baseballs from season to season. I, I wouldn't doubt that at all. Do you think it's based on, on the the desire of certain powers that be, or Probably. do you think it's a, based on hey, you know, we found a new material to put in here that's a little cheaper. Let's go with that. Um, I I would guess that they don't hate seeing balls fly out of the park. The only ones who hate that are pitchers, right? But you know, here's the thing: why I think crying about that sort of thing is dumb is everybody uses the same ones. I mean, it's like okay, so you're pitching with a juiced baseball. Well, so is the other guy. So what are you really worried about? I guess you're worried about your ERA, sure, but it's not like you're pitching with a certain baseball and the other team is is getting something completely different. Well, maybe pitchers are are speaking out for pitchers on all teams. Okay, but isn't the idea to win? That's it, right? And so as long as the playing field is even, who cares? pitchers care because they're looking at their ERA. Because they're chasing stats, which yeah. is actually a conversation that we wanted to get into that today. That is true. Maybe we'll get into that coming up in the in the 5 o'clock hour. Yeah, yeah. yeah so you want that. me to, to shed a tear for Justin Verlander's ERA? I think I'll pass. I think that guy is doing just fine. I think he probably is. Yeah, I think you is look he, at it. Is he still with, uh, what's her name? Kate Upton? Yeah, I yeah. think they're married. Are they married? I think so. Good for him. Oh yeah, and his bank account, I'm Good sure, is is doing just fine. So what? Why should we sit here and feel bad that Justin Erlander has a couple extra points on his ERA? Boo hoo! He's on the Astros, one of the best teams in Major League Baseball. Boo hoo again! Not crying for Justin, huh? I mean, I swear, half the roster in last night's All Star game was Houston Astros. 
<laughs> so why should I feel bad for Justin Verlander? Yeah. You make a strong point there. Did you watch much of the, the All-Star game? A little bit, not a lot. I, I only watched a little bit, too, but I'll tell you what I liked. I liked them micing up the – not just micing up the players, but giving them an earpiece yeah. so they could talk back and forth yeah. uh, to each other yeah, and like the broadcast. That. I thought that was terrific. Yeah, yeah that's cool. If I like that. I'm telling you right now, there was a day there was a day when I would not have missed a minute of it. Really? Yeah. I, I'm not a fan of All-Star games. But if you're looking for ways to make All-Star games more interesting, there's a great one. There is a great one. In fact, if, had I known that that was coming, I think I would have would have made an appointment to to watch a little bit more of that because mm. I thought that was terrific. Yeah, that's kind of a cool idea. And you could do that in the NBA. I mean, it would be it would be a little harder because it's faster pace, right? You don't have the breaks to kind of in between the action to chat a little bit. But you could do that in other sports. You know, you you find a way to make All Star games more interesting. There's a really easy one. That was great. I thought that was totally cool. This is the reason I was so attached to the baseball all-star game when I was a kid growing up. I was a big Phillies fan, and I was emotionally connected to the team and the game. And when I remember when Larry Boa made the all-star team, I was mad at Davey Concepcion from the uh, Cincinnati because he was hogging the playing time. And I wanted to see Larry Boa play. That's weird. When I look back at it, that's weird. But that's what fans, that's what you want kids at a young age to get attached to their teams and, and to the game. And I, I don't know whether, I, I don't know what the percentage is on passion uh, and how much of that baseball has captured and keeps to this day. I know that I've changed. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that uh, the profession I chose, you're not quite as passionate about things like that. But uh, but I, I I wonder, that was so magical. And, and, and I, no way I was going to miss the Midsummer Night's Classic. Well, part of it, and this is All-Star Games in general, but part of it used to be that was the only time you got to see certain players because you probably had the team you had in your local market, in your case, the Phillies, and you watched the Phillies, and you probably didn't see a whole lot of anybody else unless they rolled into town. So you mm-hmm. never got to really see the American League players or or you never got to see these other superstars all that much. And, and then the All-Star Game rolls around. It's your opportunity to see them play. Now, you get to see them on like NBC's Game of the Week right. or something like that. You just didn't have those opportunities to to consume. Now, it, honestly, if you're a passionate baseball, basketball, football fan, you can watch every single second that these other players play, regardless of where you live. And with, I mean, the advent of Sports Center, you know, back in the day, and highlight shows and those sorts of things, you could uh, you can consume the these players product as much as you want and back in the day that just wasn't the case yeah. you were at the mercy of what was chosen to be nationally broadcast but, but, on sunday or whatever and your local but, team and but that's in, some, it. in some ways you would think that that would uh, create even greater emotional attachment you know unless you think less is more but i it's no longer as unique i guess is yeah. what i'm getting getting at it was it was so important to me i watched the games i watched the philly games on the uh on the the local station uh and uh although i was a little conflicted because i also loved roberto clemente and manny sagan of the pittsburgh pirates but uh it was it was it was important to me as a kid 
as a kid. And I imagine there are a lot of kids out there with what the Jazz do and how well they play is important to them. But that is the magic of sports. That is why people go out and buy gear. That's why they pay the money they pay for tickets. They come to games. They watch on TV. They buy products, all that stuff, because it's just a little different than uh, than other businesses. And Ricky Rubio can say that's just a business. Well, he was reminded of that this year, I suppose, but it's more than that. It's more than that for some players and for some fans, certainly. All right, we'll have more coming up next. In fact, we've got the Not Sports Report. It is the big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. If I wear a flat bill hat, I look like a train conductor. <laughs> no, I do. Seriously. It looks, All aboard for fun. It just doesn't look right. You're conducting the train at the zoo. Yeah. Right. Go ahead, kids. If you look over to the left, we have the uh, giraffe over there. It's not, you can't see it right now. Yes, oh. he's been tranquilized. Off to the right over here. Uh, well, we used to have two lions. Now we only have one. Don't ask questions about how yes, that happens. Yes, they're asleep. And then over here with this area, uh, there used to be two of these and now there's three of them, and uh, don't ask how that happened either. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us here. Please exit to the right. Tony Parks and Austin Horton, weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Check this out. And now your Not Sports Report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. From the very first moment I saw you, that's when I knew all the dreams I held. Big show, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, it is time for the Not Sports Port. We do it every day at this time. It's brought to you by our friends at the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles and inventory. Shop online, LHMUsedCars.com. Gordon, where are we going today? We're going to Centralia, Illinois. Well, before, That's in the middle of the state, right? But oh yeah, because it would be central, I imagine. Uh, but have you ever lost your wallet? Uh, I have. Have you ever had your wallet stolen? No. Talon, you ever had your wallet stolen? Oh, definitely. Yeah. You have? Oh yeah. Have you ever pickpocket or what? Uh, d- no, out of the car. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, all right. Were you talking pickpocketing exclusively? No, no, you, no, no. You sure it wasn't? I was just wondering whether it was lost or anyway. This is a story about a wallet that was stolen. But, okay, let me ask you this. Would you rather have your wallet stolen or your phone? Or would you rather lose your wallet or lose your phone? Because hmm. phone's got everything in there now, you know? It's got all your stuff. It's got all your numbers. Got yeah, all- but you can lock your phone also so that... Hopefully nobody's getting access to all that stuff. Whereas your wallet, I mean, that's your that's your credit cards, that's your driver's license, that's your insurance stuff. I think I'd probably rather lose my phone. Would you? All right. Well, here's the story. A woman by the name of Betty Sissom, who is 89 years old, she received the gift the gift of a lifetime last week when her wallet was returned to her, she lost it or was stolen from her in the mid-1940s. Jeez. 
And it, it got returned to her now? So 75 years later, her wallet was returned to her. Did it still have cash in it? Uh, that's not in the story, but it says that her wallet, Betty's wallet, along with more than a dozen others, were discovered when a congregation in Centralia was converting the former Centralia High School building into a church. The pastor said a plumber found the wallets stashed in the wall of a girl's bathroom. Wow. He said, uh, we've been working on this building for six months. I've kind of been waiting for that really cool thing that nobody's seen in the last 75, 100 years to pop out. Well, uh, apparently Betty's wallet was one of those things. Wow. And they tracked down a lot of the people whose, uh, whose items were in there. Didn't say anything about cash, but it has pictures, identifications, cards, that kind of thing in there. Seventy-five years later, mm. do you think seventy-five years from now, or seventy-five years from the time that you had you lost your wallet, you'll remember that wallet being lost? No, no, I don't. <laughs> What's this? Who's this? I do think it would be kind of cool to go through an old building like that and see what you find. I, I. I think it would be fascinating for everything that's ever been lost or stolen to be recovered somehow. And I know it's impossible. But wouldn't that be cool? How about this thought? Uh, wouldn't you like to just drain the, like, say, uh, the harbor in, like, Lake Powell or, or somewhere like that? All the stuff And, and see there. how many coolers and sunglasses and all that stuff is at the, at the bottom? Just wait a couple decades. We'll it'll get there. It'll probably get there in Lake Powell's case, I suppose. But but I I think that would be cool. We were at a lake once, uh, my wife's family, and uh, we were we'd been out boating, and we were getting ready to. It was getting late, getting dark, and it was time to leave. And somebody at the dock dropped the keys to the van and the trailer for the boat into the water mm. and it was like in 20 feet of water and i'm like there is no way we're gonna find these keys and uh, we someone up at the ranger shack had a a big magnet on the end of a on the end of his long rope <laughs> and so my brother-in-law is putting the the, the, the the magnet down there and going back and forth by the dock we're in 20 25 feet of water you know and there's mud down there there's no way there's just no way it's going to happen Pulls the rope back up. There are the keys. Wow. The end of the How magnet. about that? Yeah. There's probably so much lost stuff out there. That's what I'm saying. Oh, man. All kinds of valuable stuff. I mean, but you got wedding rings. You got money. You got valuables of all kinds. As you said, coolers full of liquid refreshment. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in my Poor case, guy who dropped a cooler full of beer into the, it, into the water. In my case, one of the things that they'll find that we that I that I lost that I was part of the losing of it was uh an outboard motor. Oh, are you going to tell this story no, again? No, I won't I won't go through it all, but I did. You're going to talk about your Evan Root or whatever. No, it was my Johnson. I, I, I know lost what my it was. Johnson. You didn't need to go down that road again. Johnson fell off the back of the boat, and it was lost in like 30 feet of water. And it's down there to this day. Why do you have to mention the name brand? Because Why couldn't you name. just say uh, motor? Because my we've heard this story a hundred times. I, 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 I know. Have you heard this story before, Talon? Of course. 
Well, you know, heard this story. No, but, heard this story. but he says that everybody has, I, so I believe I, him. I haven't told this story in probably a decade. Okay, if if a decade, you mean like two weeks? <laughs> I have told the story about losing my Johnson overboard, and we were all looking for it and couldn't find it. That was really frustrating, by the way. <laughs> you lose, you lose Stop your motor. <laughs> you lose your motor. Okay, motor. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and that's not something you usually lose. So I wish, I wish I could could have found that. It's a little late now, <laughs> but it did fall. I just fell off the back of the boat, straight into the water. <laughs> I've got no reaction. I, I'm just waiting for you to. It's a good motor. I'm sure it was. Good Johnson. Yeah. Johnson Motor. <laughs> or something else. Had a big prop on it. Stay tuned. We're going to talk some uh, NBA coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. Actually, kind of more uh, general sports, talking about the mentality of an athlete and uh, and stat chasing. We'll get to that. Also, there have been some changes, further changes to the BYU Honor Code. We'll get into that a little bit as well. If you've ever lost anything and you, you wish, what's the one thing you lost that you wish you had back? Seems to me I had some some like basketball and baseball cards that I wouldn't uh, mind finding. Everyone has that story, yeah. right? Mom threw them away. They're, so, they're there somewhere. Now they're in they're a box worth. somewhere. I wouldn't mind finding those. <laughs> now they're worth a million dollars. All right. All right. Stay tuned. It is the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.